One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello. My name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. But let's begin by banging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. On the day I recorded the intro to this podcast, I had the absolute pleasure of being asked to sit for today's guest and have my portrait drawn. So I have now officially entered the world of Wilfred Wood, along with a few previous guests of this podcast, namely Sam Harris, Dave Bonaguidi and Dario Alari from Jealous. Wilfred studied graphics at St Martin's and later worked on the satirical TV show Spitting Image. And the art of manipulating and distorting a subject is demonstrated beautifully with his plasticine sculptures. So please, come with me into the amazing world of Wilfred Wood. I'm with Wilfred Wood this afternoon. Hi Wilfred, sorry. Hello. Um, I've got seven questions I, that I ask each artist. Yes. The first is, how would you explain what you do to someone that didn't know your work? I would say that I do portraits... To, is a the simplest way of describing what I do. Mm. They're drawn and sculpted. To, um, some people say I do satirical portraits. Yeah. So I do a few politicians and celebrities and things like that. But I also draw a lot of people that I either know or friends of friends or just random strangers mm. off the internet who send me a message saying, yeah. would I draw them? And... When people do contact you to draw them, do, you, do they pay you for that or is it... I Recently, well, I've had too many people contact me recently. So I'm basically filtering out people to yeah. some extent by saying, right, that's 250 quid. And that gets rid of quite a few people. Yeah, what I meant, or how I should have asked that question, do you use them as a muse or is it a, a commission? 
basically if i if um if i like the look of someone i'll draw them anyway yeah. if i'm not that mad on them on the look of them or they um are keen to give me some money then it's a commission of course so i just juggle between the two yeah. and then sometimes someone who had no intention of buying it then i draw them and then they um, they say, oh, after all, I think I will buy it. Oh, nice. Or people who've commissioned it, yeah. take one look at it and, <laughs> and think that isn't, that's not quite what I had in mind. Do you have many of those? Well, people on the whole are polite, but it's quite obvious when people don't like their portraits. Yeah. And I don't do very flattering portraits, and it's a very tricky area. Yeah, but they're... I'd love to draw you, by the way. Oh, by all means. I'd great. Like to be drawn. Great. That's for Two sure. Two hours. Okay. Can you sit there? By all means. Oh, I've done it a few times, yeah. I'd um, love to. Yeah, people know your style, so they know what they're getting into. They, they're I not going to get... No, I know. I think some people have are either hoping for the best or they've got quite a warped idea of, of how they look. Yeah. Or, I mean, some people seem almost a bit shocked. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, in a way, I'm pleased about. I'm glad I can get a proper reaction yeah. from someone. But but um, it is a... it. it Portraits are very personal things. It's not like drawing their car or a or a landscape. Yeah. You know, it's it's getting in there. I want to get in there as well, much as possible and dig around into how the the idiosyncrasies yeah. of of someone's face. Yeah, so because a lot of people would be hoping that you would be quite sympathetic with their looks, but your style is the opposite. You sort of get their characteristics and sort of. Not 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 like a caricature. Well, I hope different yes. Than that, I hope not because I'm always I'm always basically I don't like caricatures because oh, okay. they're because they're they're formulas yeah. on the whole. Yeah. So I'm always slightly my you know my feathers are ruffled yeah. when people call my work caricature. Oh, so I don't okay. want it to be. Yeah. But nevertheless, I think in all portraits there's an element of caricature. Yeah. Even great portraits. But I'm, there's a gray there's a grayscale obviously between a super realistic photographic type of portrait and an extreme caricature, yeah. and I'm always trotting along the line yeah. in between, a bit well, more this the, or a bit it's less. It's the Wilfred that. Wood world, and yeah. people are just asking to be a part of it, and that's the result of being. I've got I've got a friend Ray Richardson who he he manipulates people's faces and makes him a bit gnarly and mm. and he's, he's painted me a couple of times and it it obviously it obviously looks like me but and I, I but I knew what to expect because he has he's got his world his vision of, of of people and it's like walking through the through a sort of mirror into another void you know you're yes. going into that artist's world and and that's what you've got to expect well that's a lovely way of, of describing it and I you know I really hope that's true and if somebody likes you know, in my work on mass, and then they they become part of it, and they're they're happy to be part of it. Then it's mutually yeah. beneficial. You know, it's I love I'm I'm so lucky with all these people that put themselves forward to be drawn. Yeah, you know, it's just magic. And if someone walks through the door with a big nose, that might be <laughs> yeah. the, the, the embarrassment of their childhood yeah. and their whole lives. I'm thrilled by it. Yeah, you know, the more that's off you know, on their face, the better. Yeah. So I suppose outright beauty isn't. It's difficult. Yeah. I mean, it's the the most difficult people to draw 
are pretty girls and boys sometimes, but girls in their twenties with with blonde straight hair and a, and a rather a lot of makeup yeah, and yeah. a very average size nose and average. <laughs> you know, if everything's yeah. kind of pretty and nice and balanced and average, it's hard to get a yeah, handle on. No, the characteristics aren't really there, are they? Exactly. But then you know, I've learned that I did draw this girl the other day who um, who I suddenly realised was looked quite orange. And I said, have you been on a sunbed or something? She said, no, but I wear a bit of foundation with orange in oh, it. Okay. And I specifically had usually asked women to try not to wear makeup oh, if they nice. can bear that's, it. That's a quite daring thing it's to really do as well, isn't no, it? they, Yeah, because I had no idea how difficult it is for a lot of no. women not to wear makeup. But anyway, I was a bit annoyed by this orange foundation that she was wearing. I just thought then and then, look, if she wants to present herself as orange to me, I'm going to up the orange. <laughs> so I just made her really orange. And then that, and it was fine. Actually, it was quite a good portrait. And, and, it, and it's funny because she does, she looks, I don't know, like she's just, she's, she's just spent a lot of time in front of the mirror. And, and that's fine. That's part of her personality. I don't know. I, it's so hard to tell because the, what happens is people look at their portrait and you've got about half a second to get a vibe of what they really think. Yeah. And then almost always it's immediately covered up with politeness and enthusiasm. Yeah. But um, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky sort. I remember seeing this, um, this documentary that was uh, a, a liberal Democrat politician who I've forgotten the name of, he had his portrait done by Grayson Perry. Oh, yeah. And it was a kind of who are you type. There were four people who had their portraits done. And he was a very vain bloke, man, who just, who just got, his wife had been done for driving the, their car over the limit or something. Oh, and he, yeah, well, I remember, you remember this on guy. TV program, yeah, TV pro. Can't and, remember his name. Yeah, I, I can't remember his They're name. Chris Hume? That's it. Okay. Anyway, they both went to, yeah. But Grayson Perry had done this portrait of him with in a typical sort of Grayson Perry style where there was a lot of the story and things in this pot. He'd done a portrait of him on a pot. And I remember Chris Hume going up to the pot and before he could even see it, about... 30 feet away, he said, oh, marvellous. Oh, Grayson, you've done such a brilliant job. And you could tell he just programmed <laughs> himself to say that's marvellous yeah. before he'd even seen it. Yeah. So I think with most people, to keep, you know, the atmosphere pleasant, they're, they're aiming towards saying that's great. And how are you with... Because if it's a commission, then their reaction... You can deal differently with with a reaction of a commission compared to a muse. Yes. Because if it's the muse and they don't like it, that's it, there's no transaction between you. That's so, right. So it's, it, you can give yourself a bit of disconnect from their opinion. Yeah. But if it's a commission, does that hit your heart a little bit if they don't like it? Well, or? I try and have exactly the same attitude, whether it's a commission or whether it's I'm drawing a muse. Got you. Um, because otherwise I'll do the fatal thing of trying to flatter people yeah, and, and then that's and then, that, that's then it all do, goes wrong well I just can't it's difficult to do actually it's not like I, it's easy to do and I and I and I um, avoid it out of a sort of moral duty it's yeah. more if for a start it's really difficult but also um, I try, want to get to a bit of nitty-gritty about people really yeah. and, well, you, and I think you need that bit of selfishness to be to have the and, and it's hard to do no doubt to have the the sort of balls to go, well, 
It this is. is. This is what you want. It's like um, there's this quote by Graham Greene, the writer Graham Greene, and he says that every writer needs a shard of ice in their heart. <laughs> and I mean, I think it's the same for a portrait. Yeah. You, I, I, I really enjoy people coming here, and it's lovely to meet them. I give them a cup of tea or something, and you know, and yeah. um, good friends. But when they sit down in front of me, I still keep the warm atmosphere. But there's a part of me that is is Your got mind, an ice yeah. cube, yeah. and I'm exploiting this big nose. Mm whether they like it or not. Well, I think this is a good point to, to bring in something you said to me before we started recording, was when you was at a talk with Maggie Hambling. Yes. Would you just be able to... Oh, yeah, well, that was, that? I'm a fan of Maggie's, and um, she's obviously just a terrific character and survivor. Um, and I was at this talk that she gave... And um, she was very funny. And at the end of the talk, I nervously put up my hand and said, Maggie, I'm always worried about what the model <laughs> thinks. How can I get over this? And she said, my advice to you, young man, is to take absolutely no notice of what the model thinks whatsoever. <laughs> Otherwise, you will be inhibited. Excellent. That was it. Excellent. So, And that is 100% good advice, but it's very difficult to really do it. Yeah. I know Francis Bacon started off by painting people when they were in the room. And then he just said, he stopped doing he it and just did memory, it from photos. Yeah, yeah, memory and photos. Because he's, it's something like he didn't want to do the damage to his friends yeah. whilst they were in the room. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a very, it's a very personal, touchy-feely sort of uh, funny area doing portraits. Yeah. So I think... Like myself, I had my, my portrait done, um, I've, I've had it done a, a few times, but um, an artist I mentioned earlier, Ray Richardson from South London, he's been one of my favourite painters since I saw his work, since you know, since I was in prison years and years ago. Um, and he asked me to sit for him, and I was so excited. I couldn't tell, he's, he's a friend, you know, he's a, he's a friend as well. I couldn't, t he wasn't aware how much he meant to me as an artist. And to, for him to ask me to sit for him, it was it, it pretty much a dream come true, you know. And um, at the end of that, um, you know, he's, when he's turned his easel around, he'd done a little study of me first of all. Done, and, oh, it, I, I just can't even explain how it was I felt. You know, it was it was amazing just to, to be able to be taken from, like I said earlier, taken from my world into, into his, you know, and see the image... Here. But was it the process of, of being sort of um, used uh, uh, but as, a, as an inspiration for an artist? Yeah. Was it that or was it the actual finished result of you thought, I, I look very, I, either I look terrific or I look very interesting? Oh, or it, I, look... I had a bit of a disconnect because I didn't care. It, it was, I, I already had it in my head that it, it was nothing to do with me how it came out. Okay, well that's a good attitude. I just wanted... I was going to be part of Ray's world. You know, he, he invites people in, whether they like it or not. You know, he might just take a photo of someone and they're in their painting, you know. It might even be a, a person in the street. And I, I'd always longed to be a part of his world and he invited me into it, you know. And Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. But that's probably where I'm an artist myself anyway. So I would have a different outlook than someone who's coming in hoping to sort of have a pretty picture painted of but it. I do think what you're saying about wanting to be part of an artist's world is a key thing and I get look, I get so many messages from people 
that, that are just stupid messages like what do you make your sculptures out of and I've said it a million times and they, if they if they spent a second looking there see and anyway everyone knows what it's obvious it's plasticine yeah. but I think they That's just question two out the window then. Oh, <laughs> but they just <laughs> want what do you make about they just want to um to get in touch they just want to say hello yeah. and to to just to feel there's a real person at the end at the end of all these images yeah. sort of thing because people are fascinated by... I mean, I just leave my ordinary life and I get on the best I can and do the best I can. Yeah, but people are slightly fascinated by the, the world with, of with artists, Wood, aren't they? You know, with, with a rolling stone. You know, they just get up every day and make a cup of tea. Yes, yes. Go down the shop for a... <laughs> go down the shop for a paper and a pack of fags, I was going to say. But, yeah, everyone lives their own lives, but people outside of them worlds... Just, you know, I think they think else. that you've 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 either got something magic about you or you've stumbled on it. But all yeah. it is with me is just doing loads and loads and loads and loads of it, and I've got I've got okay at doing some things. Yeah. But it's it's not a sort of magic thing <laughs> in my book. Well, when was your first interest in art? Well, I had a I grew up in a very arty family, so it was just inevitable. So my my granddad was a designer, my grandma was an illustrator, my mum was a painter, my dad was an illustrator. So oh, wow. everyone was artists. So I, I just followed the, you know, the family yeah. tradition, basically. So it oh, wasn't, a, wasn't a, a big decision. Because my partner, who isn't arty, and she's, you know, she said the other day, who am, I, who am I coming to make this week? And I said, Wilfred Wood. So she just sort of had a little Google and she went on Wikipedia and found that you were a watercolourist born in 1880. <laughs> that's right, there is <laughs> another one. Yeah, that's right. She went, oh, he's a watercolourist. I went, I don't think so. I said, <laughs> no, that's be. right, there is another one. And, I think uh, he's Wilfred, though, and I'm Wilfred. Oh, no, I did say with an eye. I didn't, oh, I didn't is, he, is he Wilfred as well? I think so. Because oh. I, I said it's Wilfred with an eye. Yes, um, that's and, right. Then when she showed me, I went, no, that's not... Oh, she went, no, it's not him. He's born in 1888. Mm-hmm. I went, it's, a, it's another one. She went, he's not the Bishop of Croydon, is no, he? No, there isn't. There's a black bishop. Yeah, I really want to sculpt this black bishop. Oh, is he alive now? Yeah, no, he really. is. He's alive. Well, I think so, yeah. Um, and I went, no, this, he's definitely not the bishop. I said, well, I don't know. I'll find out. I'll find out on Friday. When was it you realised you wanted to be an artist? Um, again, it was, it was just taking the path of least resistance. Yeah. I, I just... Um, it was never, it was, well, what I, what did happen a bit was that I did graphic design at college. Yeah. And I, tr- I tried to be a graphic designer, but I was a crap graphic designer. So the decision, to, I think in my heart, I always wanted to be an artist, which is different yeah. really from being a graphic designer, but it's still a visual thing. Mm. But it was, I think it took through my tw- working and failing in my 20s to come to the to the realization that I really I wanted to be an artist rather than a designer. So in that way, it was a gradual thing that happened. And then when I turned about thirty and into my thirties, I started to admit to the fact that that's what I wanted to be. Nice. So that did actually take a while. If I, if you if you're gonna slightly split hairs yeah. about it, and I wasn't I wasn't gonna I, I don't want to talk too much because I'm I'm sure you talk about it all the time. Is the spitting image thing? Yeah. Um, but your work has obviously come from there, hasn't it? Yes. Well, I, I after college, I worked at a publisher's designing encyclopedias, which was fine to some extent, and I earned a living, and I, you know, work. I could work to briefs and 
start to use computers and things like that but basically I just got bored stiff and then I knew someone who knew someone who knew someone who worked at Spitting Image and I went there as an apprentice just doing eyeballs and blinks (laughs) and it turned out to be absolutely brilliant fun yeah. And I, I've always liked making things, physically making things with my hands. And that was the perfect spot to yeah. do that. But then after only about two years, it, it finished. So I was oh. there right at the end of it. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I hardly, I, I never sculpted anyone. Oh. I made a few heads by cutting out other, like like the Pope's nose and, oh, and yeah, Maggie Thatcher's imagine, ears yeah, and sticking them together and making someone temporarily yeah. Rolf Harris for, in- oh, for instance yeah <laughs> oh, well, so um, but I was not a big major part of it whatsoever but it just gave me the taste and the idea that it was possible to have fun at, yeah. and get paid yeah. for it because before I just thought work was some horrible purgatory that everyone had to do well I've always had that little bit of annoyance that there isn't enough fun in the art world. The the, the fine artists don't seem that they don't mind humour, they don't mind wit, but funny they don't like. I mean Grayson Perry brings a bit of humour. Um, um, you know there's there's plenty, you know, Martin Creed, um David Shrigley, you know, there's there's loads of people who bring humour in, but there's not a lot of artwork where you'd sort of look at it and a a big green would come on your face. I think that, it... that to some extent the problem is is that um, if if our, an artwork is just a one line ha ha joke, it's it's just too limited. Yeah. And you you it's easily ex- it's expendable, isn't it? It's... Yes, you you see it and you've got you don't need it anymore. Yeah, you've like... got the joke and that's it. Yeah, it's but what, yeah. So you just you just want things with with layers. levels and layers and some resonance mm. and. Um, in a simple, well, not simple, but in a good example of that is David Shrigley, mm. because his things are funny, but they're kind of peculiar yeah. and a bit dark, and there's all sorts of things going on. You don't quite know why they're funny either. Mm. It's in some sort of in-between zone between yeah. things that he's so good at hitting. But I think, yeah, that I, I, tr- I sort of... T- when I've talked about this before, I think that the best way to describe what I like in art in that area is wit. Mm. Rather, like jokes are just a bit, can be a bit tiresome. Yeah. Yeah. But wit in art, even like a witty line or something, a, a sort of liveliness or something, in those sort of areas, mm. that's great to have in art. I just think it's got, that you would get tired of it really. If things are just non-stop jokes. Yeah. Unless they're they're very cleverly done, it they that that isn't basically art with a capital A. I think I yeah it's not it. So I want if I if I make a a head that is is kind of funny in a way because it's like a, an exaggerated form of the person. I I it, it's it's difficult to do someone who's funny already. Let's put it like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You want someone who's who who doesn't think that they're funny, and then if you if you manage to make them seem slightly funny or some sort of oddness about it that you can't quite explain, then I feel like I'm hitting the the right sort of but area. But that goes back to the ethos of spitting image. Yeah. Because, which is, which is well, that's out and out jokes. Yeah. But they're they're really good character. They are caricatures. Yeah. So they're limited to that extent, but they're really good ones. Mm. And the and and of course they're moving, and there's a script, and there's sound. So it whole it's thing whole adds up, levels, yeah. adds up to sometimes a very 
you know, wonderful and and sharp satire mm. on current events, which is, you know, it did the job better than perfect, any, almost, you know, perfect. the best that's ever been done for a while. Your artwork, what piece that you've created do you have the strongest emotional connection with? That's a, a, I just don't know what to say about that. Well, I mean, I did, I've done, I did a little self-portrait, a little nude self-portrait. So, I mean, that is about as personal as I could get. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's your favorite ones you've done? Well, um... It's kind. I kind of, I kind of go along with what other people like. I suppose in a way, which sounds really sort of weak on my part. I did one of Mary Berry biting into a biscuit yeah. that people always seem to be amused by. Mm. I mean, I like. There's there's a couple in particular in my head of of two models boys that I did. Yeah, that, um But I can't even remember the models' names. But I I really like the way the the plasticine sculptures came out. Yeah. As it happens, but I don't really know who they are. See, the two that always hit me, yeah, was one was the Paul McCartney. Oh yes, because it had the hands that that moved. Yes, or, or they were separate, so you could put you could put them where you wanted. You know, yeah, yeah. Which I thought that, that was, was a, a great idea. It was it 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 works. Um, the, I did another one with um, some mothers do have them. Oh yeah, with yeah. Frank Crawford. Yeah. And it Michael was Crawford. Michael Crawford, yeah, Frank, Frank Spencer, Spencer. <laughs> Michael Crawford, yeah, who had a little pointing up finger, oh, yeah. just one, and it was amazing with that when you, yeah, when you put his head down, that's a really good impression. Um, you you moved you moved his finger around, and it completely changed, the, and it was the simplest Excellent. thing ever. I mean that, and I just stumbled on that. Yeah, Paul McCartney's a good one, also because. I mean, it's funny because he actually, I think Paul McCartney's totally brilliant, yeah. but has was only brilliant about fifty years ago, and nearly everything has just been a severe yeah. disappointment ever since. Yeah. But he's still, he's still a little bit puffed up in a way, even though he tries to be a man of the people. Um, he's sort of chippy in a funny way. So it was... It, well, I think he, he, he hit his legend status at such an early age. Well, yeah, I mean, it's amazing that he's as okay as he is, yeah. really. I mean, you would thought... <laughs> I'd read the other day that none of the Beatles were 30 when the Beatles split up. They, had, they did all that in their 20s. 
In the twenties, unbelievable. So change, change the course of music. History. Well, I think history, really, literally, the, the world and history is a m- mm. m- most amazing thing that they did. But anyway, yeah. So, so I felt a bit mean since he's really a hero of mine. But with his dyed hair and his expressions <clears throat> and all those thumbs up all the time, he's very <laughs> easy to take very the cheesy, piss out of. Yeah, yeah, it's cheesy. It's cheesy. But he's so so nice. It's hard to. Take the piss out of him. As he is, were, but there's know. there's one famous photo of of him. To, I think it's a black and white one taken by Rankin or someone like okay. that. That um, suddenly they they got him in a looking quite nasty and oh. and sort of ruthless. Nice. He looked ruthless. Yeah. And of course he's ruthless. Bloody hell! I he mean, must be ruthless as hell. It doesn't mean he's horrible, but he's ruthless. And and apparently he can't bear that photo, and he tries to ban it wherever it appears. But it reveals something about him that is obviously a truth. But he tries to be this this chummy man of the yeah. people, which is a bit ridiculous in a but way. But then a photograph is a fraction of a second in a moment of time, isn't it? So yeah. you know, it could be that you know the nicest person in the world no that's absolutely party, you know? true but but i've always and i think lots of people have always has suspected a hard underbelly yeah. there must be and that photo happened to reveal it yeah. and also the fact that he hated it apparently is even more revealing mm. well talking of of people you know looking different you're putin oh yes when you've done him as a younger boy yes well i just saw a a photo of him as a boy and he was so weirdly beautiful. Yeah. I just saw a black and white photo and I just thought that was a good idea to, to, to try and... Because you always wonder, you know, about these people when they're young. Like Adolf Hitler was once a baby. Yeah. Was an yeah. actual baby and then was a three-year-old toddler. You know, it's amazing that's, to think these world tyrants... in my other life of, of crime sort of, and rehabilitation. Absolutely, um, and that's why that resonated with me, um, because you, you you are looking into what we see as a tyrant, and you're looking into the I, I was going to say bright blue eyes of a tyrant, but I don't know if they were blue. They are they yeah. are blue, but also he he I've made I think I've made him look pretty shifty. Yeah, because he does look shifty devious, as a boy. Yeah, a devious character yes. in there. <clears throat> so the so that's. Hopefully, that's an example of various different things going on at once. It's not a one-line joke, I hope. Yeah, so in that way, I hope it has a bit of resonance as a work of art. It's, it's, still, it's still Wilfred Wood's yeah. view on yeah. him. But that's, then when you get the underlying ripple of, of deviousness, yes. something else, another story running underneath. That's it. That's, that's what, what I want. Like Great. Well, I'm really glad. Yeah. Have you seen Stalin as a young man? No. Oh, well, good looking. Amazing. Yes, so. very good looking. No, I think I have as a young man rather than a boy, but yes, extremely good looking. I don't know, maybe early 20s. Yeah. Yeah, when someone showed me, I thought it was a contemporary photograph <laughs> that had been made to look a little bit yeah. older. Um, That's yeah, a good idea, actually. Amazing. Dishy Stalin. Amazing how you can turn something around like that. Um, where do you go to relax? Or what do you do to relax? Uh, I think sort of walking in the woods. Oh, nice. Yeah. Walking, I find great in all sorts of ways, and ideas pop into my head, and 
I think as you get oh I've got this you know I, I'm interested in birds and things like yeah. but like if I get a, a a blue tit in the garden I'm like ooh there's a blue tit yeah. which I never would have been no, thirty years exactly ago. So. Is that, I think as you get older you get this funny thing about nature sort of carrying on regardless of us mm. and um, yeah so well, I would think it be that we've spent all of our working years if you like just on this one-way track not taking any notice of anything around us just steaming along doing what we've got to do and then when you're able to you know we're we're the same age you know when you when you've got a little bit more free time and you start to notice your environment it is but i also not to sound too dramatic i think as you get a bit closer to death Mm. really you you know the 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 horizon vaguely is starting to be in sight once yeah. you're in your fifties. You're yeah. not not quite sure what would happen next. No. But I think the thought that there is this there's something much more massive that's carrying on regardless is somehow kind of quite nice and reassuring when yeah. especially when the human world seems to be tied in increasingly tight knots. Yeah, at the moment it's not very good, is it? Yeah, no, it doesn't seem to be at all. So. It's a combination of things, but yeah, I mean, I, I now I totally understand um, butterfly charts and nice. <laughs> handbooks on birds, yeah. and you know, the, all that stuff is quite fun. So yeah, it's basically I would say it's time in nature is relaxation time. If there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Whoa, <laughs> my God, <laughs> your questions are massive. Or, or simple, depending on what you're looking. <laughs> So basic. Who would I like to be shown with as artists? Yeah. Oh God! Um, well, I used to work for a magazine called Raw Vision that was all about outsider artists, yeah. self-taught artists. So they're a lot of my favourite artists. There's someone called Johan Hauser, who uh, is spectacular. But I mean, if he, I would be ashamed to show my work with him. It's, it, his is so intense and otherworldly and amazing and it makes mine seem very self-conscious and plodding mm. in common. Um, I'd love to... Well, I mean, the problem is that my it would just make my work look bad. <laughs> all of this. But I'd love to... I, you know, if, if there was a show of David Hockney and me, nice. it would be unbelievably flattering. Yeah. But it, obviously, I just could, it, it would fall flat. So they'd just say, brilliant, David Hockney. Who's this other guy? <laughs> David Hockney and that uh, guy. And we won't, we won't go on about the other. But, um, I mean, there's, a, there's a, the just endless lists of... There is. I mean, it's, of it's, artists that I could... It's just the rearranged I'm a fan of. All question the, of... People round the table for a dinner party, you know. Yeah, people like I love the the artists of what's I I'm about to say it totally wrong, but I think it's the Neue Sachlich Kite, which is Germany between the wars, and that's Otto Dix, George Gross, um, Jeanette Mammon, people like that, Jean Mammon, people like that are uh, the they're they're very spiky satirical artists. I mean, I'd be, again, it was just that they're dealing about real hard topics of the time well, in a way that, I mean, I, I, I don't really. They're, de- they're dealing with the, with the money bags of Germany between the wars and what was going on with fascism and, and the, the life in Berlin at the time. And it's really strong stuff. And they draw it both elegantly mm. and viciously. And it's absolutely amazing. 
There's a guy I interviewed last week um, called Philip Hum. He's, he's German um, and his work looks very much in that era, although he, he, he tries it not to be, but you can see that he's studied them. It's, it's really quite prevalent in his work. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's always... I, I look at their work, people like Otto Dix and things, and totally admire it. Um, I mean, I think you have to be careful, obviously, because you, 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 I think I take a bit of influence of their spirit. Yeah. It's more like a kick up the arse, come on. Yeah. Um, but you don't want to work in exactly the same way. And luckily, if you're doing people alive now contemporary people or contemporary events it's always going to have a certain sort of flavor of Mm. the moment which you want it to have you don't want to be looking backwards at past events because it's it's not really to do with us anymore you you need to look at now but in terms of their attitude and their balls my god yeah it doesn't come much stronger than that does it you know no um if you wasn't an artist what would you like to be I think a musician. I've all, I mean, I've really um, music's a, a greater form of art than art, in my opinion. You know, I, lo- I love music in a way that I don't love art. Really, hmm. I'd love. To, I mean, it'd be amazing to to compose things or play the violin or God knows anything like that. Well, I've got a friend wonderful. who, when he listens to music, he deconstructs it, and I can't do that. I am just a I was going to say a viewer, a listener. Yeah. And I just listen to the music. Um, But likewise, he can't do that with a painting, whereas I do that with all paintings Mm. or drawings or or artworks, you know. When I look at it, I I just imagine how it was, the effect the hand had on that piece of artwork. There's this quote, you know David Byrne? Mm. Um, There was a quote by him that I keep thinking about that basically said, he said, the most magic thing is when you know how something was done but it still has a magic effect on yeah, you. Yeah. And I thought that was, a, that was a really interesting thing. So I was about to sort of agree with that and say, yeah, maybe it's because I don't really understand music that I think it's more powerful. But there, is, there are some art things that I, that I absolutely love and I basically know how they've done it, but I don't, I don't know the last 1% of how they've done <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, something like that, yeah. because there's some amazing quality to it that is a bit undefinable. Yeah. And, it, and you know that it wouldn't be the same with anyone else's hand. Yeah, because well. things like drawing, I mean, there are, there's a billion drawings done. There's people have been drawing throughout history. Everyone, loads of people draw now. The people drawing 100 years ago, yeah. you know, so we're up to our eyeballs in drawings. And 98% of it is boring and crap. But there are one, or, you just see, occasionally you see a drawing done now and just think that is a really good drawing. Yeah. But most drawings you see are, are just okay. Well, I was talking to but that difference just... is is a is a fact, and it's a it's and a sort you can't of describe it. No, you can't describe, it, but it's also it's such a sort of it's a what's that Grayson Perry thing? The vanity of small differences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's a tiny bit of difference that that most people wouldn't even be bothered about, and I I I spend half my time worrying about how to get something. Just into that top two percent. Yeah. Could I ever do it by doing a drawing that's just a little bit better than than reasonably good? Did you ever see the Rebel with Tony Hancock? To, I don't think I've ever seen it. There's a fa- he sort of paints a foot or something. That's it, doesn't yeah, it? yeah. I, I mean, there's a great little line in there bits. when he's become this this um, artist, and uh, you know everyone's looking up to, and 
but he's sort of half a fraud, but yeah. he's in front of a great big painting and someone's asking for his opinion. And, and it's this big, beautiful painting. He just points to a tiny little speck in the corner. He's got Nashia paint in there. <laughs> you know, as if yeah. that's, that's what makes it all up. And I was talking to an artist just yesterday and um, we were saying how, you know, you can put your, your heart and soul into a painting and then someone will see your painting and there's a little random sketch on your table that you've done you know, earlier, and they go, oh, that's amazing. Yes, you, yeah, you yeah. Know, you put away the hours and hours you've spent on a painting, and there's this little faraway sketch. Oh, exactly the same thing happens to me all the time, with, the, with especially with sculptures. I can yeah. do a really quick sculpture that is, has far more life, vigour, immediacy, than a laboured uh, thing that I've spent a week on. And, and, you know, that in a way, it's, it's kind of exasperating that that's well, the Well, I case. mentioned earlier about there's a couple of yours that resonate with me, like one being Paul McCartney. The other was Connor Newell. Oh, yes. With the pink ears. Yes. Now, when I saw the pink ears, I went, now that I like. Not oh. that I dislike anything else, yeah. but that one sort of pushed a bit more because it was something that wasn't normally you, you mm. know, that I knew as Wilfred Wood. Yeah. But when, they, when I saw the pink ears, I didn't know what it meant, and I didn't know if it meant anything, but it just wasn't what I expected, and that's that sort of gets it... Uh, like warms me inside you know when I see an artist doing something like that yes great I mean I think that's often the case when you're familiar with an artist's oeuvre and they and they and they step yeah yeah that's always good and it gets it gets dull when an artist turns into a kind of repetition machine which so many artists do so, I didn't know who he was. He, and he was he's a, just a, he's a, a he's, model. For... He's a model. He's a model, but um, he's got an amazing face. And I saw him in a, in a short film initially oh, yeah. about knife crime. Um, and he just, you know, stood out as looking amazing and having a kind of aura about him. But, um, yeah, mo- models are so much more interesting looking on mm. the whole now these days mm. I mean when I, when we were young it was sort of Cindy Crawford and yeah, things, wasn't it? Yeah. who are beautiful girls of course but they're basically a bit boring mm. in a way and we didn't really I mean there probably there was male models about but none of them were were hitting the levels that no and they, they weren't they weren't I mean now now I think it's much more open and there are far more odd looking models yeah. and that for me is just an endless source of inspiration yeah I mean when do you know Winnie Harlow don't think so she's um uh, an American model. She's black, but she has. Is it is it called Infotigo? Where the, the colour? Yes. So so big skin. white blotches. Yeah. Yes. Somebody asked me to sculpt her actually for Excellent. a magazine cover, but it never turned up. Yeah. But yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, she's because she's absolutely beautiful. And so whoever, and it's a bold. I don't know even how to mention this, but it's beautiful that she's she's was given the opportunity because. Normally in society, they, they, they want to get rid of anyone who's got any impurities in Yes, in exactly. Their no, I it's think it's much, more, it's much more... You've still got to be thin as a rake. Yeah. But apart from that, a lot more goes. Yeah. I don't think I'd be a model, unless it was from Michelin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to be my, my model, I hope, Gary. I will do. Excellent. I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to. Um, what have you got coming up? I want to have a show next year of pastel portraits. Oh, nice. So that's what I've been doing the last year. Okay. Is when people come over here and I draw them, take a couple of hours, they're A2 drawings, and I've got probably 150 of them oh, or something wow. like that upstairs. A lot. Yeah. So I need to... Sorting out shows is boring, expensive, frustrating... 
but it's just got to be done. Where are you doing? Do you know where you doing? I don't know where I'm doing it. I'm just looking at venues, but it's uh, you know, it's really expensive. I was just in Berlin, and there are so many lovely, massive galleries, yeah. and it's just great. And in London, it's so tight and it's so expensive. Well, I just put a pop up on. Excuse me. I just put a pop up show on last week, um, in Liverpool Street, uh, just off uh, opposite Liverpool Street Station, and that was. That was like seven hundred quid for the night. That was just to hire the, the venue. Yeah, easily. And, uh, easily. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, and especially if it's you know if you, if you are you putting the show on yourself. Yeah, entirely. So, yeah, so then that's when it becomes business. Then and it it. Goes well, I just I just career. want to break even with the show. Yeah. Is is my aim? It's never going to make money. But, I mean, the good thing about putting a show on yourself is that you're not paying 50% to a gallery, mm. but you're paying for the venue and you're doing all the arranging of it yourself and you're you're using all your contacts and emails and, yeah. you know, mailing lists and stuff like that. It's so, a hard thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just... A, but it's... I mean, what... It's just got to happen. I think it's, it's like a band. You've got to go on the road every so often. You can't expect everything to be seen on, on a tiny little yeah. screen, which nearly everything is these days. So. But you do all right on social media yourself. Yes, you? I do You've fine. Yeah, profile there. Yeah, it's really, it's really nice for me. I mean, Instagram has changed my work almost totally. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm good on Instagram. Social media. I wasn't going to bother with Instagram at all, but my agent at the time said you need to try it, and I just found I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, so see, I've spent my whole life trying to keep my head, you know, be unseen in my criminal life, and then now when I've got to lift my head above the parapet and pretty much sing, I find it really difficult. But it doesn't really. But in, as far as Instagram goes, it doesn't. You don't have to put yourself personally forward. No, you put your work and your projects, or what you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But even so, I, I don't like that. There's something inside me that doesn't like that. Look at me, and I know that's not what it is. But aren't you promoting shows and things? Yeah, I don't mind that. I can do that. But when it's me personally, I have trouble with that. I don't know. If there's some sort of insecurity inside me that. But I. Th- but your work. Your. I mean, obviously, any artist, me included, of course, and you. You know, we're all t- totally tied up with our work, but we're not actors. Oh yeah. It's I'm not. Right. You know, we're not. We're not. It's not us on stage. Mm. The great thing about doing artwork is that you do it in the privacy and quiet of your own studio, and then you put it somewhere else, mm. and you say, "Well, don't look at me. Look at the work." Yes. So no. you're. So that's what you. That's the. I think the way to look at it. Mm. I don't mind putting it in shows. You know, great yeah, that, but you've but... put the work on social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or whatever, yeah, but... just because that is the way of disseminating your work mm. these days. 20, 30 years ago, I, I used to print out little catalogues of my work, nice. you know, from an inkjet printer yeah. that blocked up every few minutes <laughs> and, that I, and, that, and that I printed 20 of them and probably 25 people ever saw it. Yeah. You know, it's just all hopeless and so slow but now I take a picture of a bit of work in my studio post it on Instagram a few minutes later and then 24 hours later several thousand people have seen it I mean it's just the problem is is that so can everyone else so we're just absolutely deluged with images But, but basically it's a great thing that I think is is totally you know there for free 
for artists to use. I mean, the, the poshest artists of all don't need to use it at all because no. they've got galleries and they've got their own momentum. Mm. But for sort of middling artists like me, it's a great tool. Oh, yes, that's it. Yeah, I was speaking to someone um, called Livy Kemp on, on here and she came onto Instagram very early. So there wasn't that many artists then. Yeah, she, great. Because of that, she had a massive following. Yes. And Instagram just put out, she was saying that maybe she had, say she had 22,000 followers at the point. Instagram put something out about artists from around the world, and she was one of them. And she said overnight, it's sort of like quadruple. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's amazing. So, I don't think that sort of thing happens so much anymore. No. Talking of Instagram, where can anyone see your work? Instagram it's, or Yeah, Instagram's websites? by far the best. Web, my website is basically totally ancient and defunct. But Instagram's best. Wilfred Wood Sculptor. Excellent. Well, Wilfred, that's all my questions asked. Thank you very much. Great, it's been such a pleasure. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Ah, oh, amazing. Wilfred Wood. As I mentioned during the intro, I took up Wilfred's offer of sitting for a portrait. While I was sat in his studio, I looked at the sculptures that he has on show, all of which raised a varying degree of smiles, which made me think there should definitely be more artwork that caresses the funny bone of the viewer. During the sitting, Wilfred spoke of his many sculpture workshops he does throughout the year, and I mentioned the too few that I'd done in prisons last year. So I'm now in the process of organising for Wilfred and I to go into a London prison to do one of his plasticine sculpture workshops. Wilfred draws from life nearly every morning, so he does need a constant flow of people to sit for him. So if you've got a spare couple of hours and making your way to his East London studio isn't a problem, then contact him on Instagram and ask if he's got space available. You can find him at Wilfred Wood Sculptor, and that is spelt W-I-L-F-R-I-D. Just like the man himself, Wilfred with two eyes. And as I say every week, on whichever platform you listen to this podcast, you should be able to make a comment. It'll only take a couple of seconds. And not only is it beneficial to us, it helps anyone who's looking for an art podcast. And if you've got any questions you'd like to ask, pop over to our Instagram page, ministryofarts.org, or email us on podcast at ministryofarts.org. So... Thanks for listening, and until next week, ta-da. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.